Red Channel Condition with Michael. My cheapness overrides everything. Jonathan. Boss makes a dollar, I make a dime, so I jerk off on company time. And Peter. I just don't understand the world anymore. Welcome, listeners, to this week's episode of Red Channel Condition. As usual, I'm your host, Peter, and I'm once again joined by my two co-hosts, Michael and Jonathan. John, I just want to say I want to. I know you had a birthday recently, so happy birthday, man! Uh, thank you, thank you, appreciate it. It was a, it was a a, a good birthday, and you just kind of disconnected from everything and just went to spend time with my family. You know, and it was nice to get back to, you know, get back to the basics, so to speak. You just eat, you know, hot, you know, beautiful hot plate of food. You know, home cooking from my mom. You know, hang out with my dad. You know, and my brother. You just like talk about you. Know, existence sounds like a great day i'm yep. glad you enjoyed it with your family man the big four oh hey 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 what are we doing <laughs> shouldn't be shouldn't be doxing each other what are we doing uh i used to take great joy in in you getting older somewhere along the line i realized i'm like a few months behind you really it's not fun anymore yeah, it's not great when he's going to be 70 and you're turning 68. Yeah, that really doesn't matter. Have the same. No. Especially since he's already taking care of himself. He dips himself in coca, was it? Coca butter or coca oil? Every morning and night, he rises from the, from the bathtub filled with that stuff like mumra. How do you know? And I haven't even done this. He, he is very proud of his skincare routine. I mean, there is in fact a reason why black don't crack. You know, it's not you know, it's it's not just na- it's not just native. It's it's work. You know, so it's active upkeep, huh? Y'all need to moisturize. Y'all need to moisturize if you ain't doing that. All right, well, that's solid advice. You see that face? It smooths as a uh, baby's behind. Okay, well, you know, guys, we had a we had some we had some trouble coming up with fucking shit to discuss this week because a lot of it was really dumb. Like who? No one gives a fuck about Will Smith and slapping the shit out of Chris Rock and what new COVID variant there is or more war in Ukraine. I've seen the meme already. It's over. I'm over it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, you know, there's there's a you know, there's there's a lot to be said for I guess uh, news and content overload. You know, everybody's just kind of you know numb from you know whatever you know whatever things are happening. You know, the news cycle is so, you know, uh, you know, fast paced and stuff like that, that, you know, like, I, I feel like there's, there's almost no utility to news because, you know, once it's, once you are, once you know about it, it's old already. Right. You know, the, right. the second that you read that article, you're like, next. Right. You know, so you know, what do you, what do you, what do you do? You know, what is news right. now? And I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I'm just it, it sometimes is very challenging and daunting to, you know, we, we mentioned the, the doom and gloom topics, you know, that are so frequent and and abundant in the news cycle. And it's it is sometimes challenging for me to really just give a shit about what is going on with like the virus. And not that I don't care. It's just that, you know, this is what year three almost of having to deal with just that. And then, you know, Great, there's a new, you know, war conflict that's going. It's just very depressing, and sometimes it's difficult for me to want to stay engaged. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's you know, it's it's a you know, that's a real thing, right? Like, there's a lot of articles out there that you know, I was reading, you know, about you know what 
what we do, you know, how to cope with stress, you know, you know, caused by all the things going on right now, right? There is, you know, there's been surveys stating that, you know, there's people are getting kind of tight about, you know, inflation concerns, you know, war in Ukraine, you know, COVID variants and shit like that. So, you know, you know, and it's weird because it's not just, you know, people who are, it's not just people who are necessarily older. It's, it's, it's everyone. Everyone's feeling kind of tense right now, right? Yeah, and it's it's taking it. I don't know. Maybe it's taking its toll on me. I'm just. I feel myself getting a, a little tired. I'm just. I'm feeling like a physical sense of exhaustion when I find myself engaged in the, with these topics. Yeah, he's got to disengaged from the news every now and then. How do you handle it, Mike? I used to think that I was pretty good, you know, mentally, mental health wise. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I... You don't think that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like we were talking about a little earlier. Or uh, the microphones rolled every April and May, right? I spend ten months out of the year, basically Spock-like, like whatever it is, I'll just push it down. Every like April, May, like all right, that's kind of when I go into the garage and start throwing shit around. Around this time, I'm probably not as stable as I as I probably, <laughs> not, <laughs> I guess, normally am. Why? Why specifically this time of the year for you? There are a lot of, uh, I guess, issues that I haven't really personally accepted yet. Like there are things that I should be doing now that I'm not doing, um, and you know, you get all this news generally around that April May period. So like I'm like kind of being confronted with a lot of these things. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, I'm mentally very healthy. <laughs> I'm not carrying extra baggage at all. Well, that makes one of us. <laughs> It's it's weird, right? For a while, you know, I thought I had you know, kind of a handle on stuff too, you know, and you know, it was the the way the way for me, you know, to try to you know, keep a handle on things was just like you know, was mentioned, you know, just, you know, kind of not going out of my way not to you know, indulge with you know the easy you know, like danger scrolling, right? Doom scrolling, you know, which is a popular mm-hmm. term for stuff, right? You know, you can't. You know, I I would go out of my way not necessarily to ignore you know, news or whatever, but knowing all right, like I'm not gonna go and scroll through everything. I'm not gonna always look for you know that damage report, right? That notification that comes in from you know, some newspaper on my phone or something like that, right? Nah, I'm not gonna go and look at that. I'm gonna go and be in the moment. I'm gonna go hang out with my fiance. I'm gonna go hang out with my friends, right? Like we're gonna we're gonna play a game instead of you know, reading this article, right? We're going to make this podcast instead of being, you know, afraid of COVID, right? And so on and so forth, right? You know, I will say, <clears throat> I will say that, you know, there was, there's always been like kind of like a limit to all of that, right? So now, you know, there's all these other things going on. And I think, you know, even when you know, just getting COVID myself, you know, kind of, you know, broke through that shield that I have built up. And you know, like just also that that seasonal, right? You know, so you're like it's winter, you know, it's cold yeah. and it's dreary, and you know the sun's not out, and you're real, you're extra not going outside, right? So you're kind of getting stir crazy because you can't get outside and you know, even pretend like you know, things are normalish, right? Do the things that you might normally do. So you know, I think that uh, gets to people too, right? So if you if you have any ability to you know, kind of touch grass. You know, like get outside and even feign some normalcy, right? And just disconnect from from everything else. You know, that's what you should do, right? That's the way that you can cope with all of the the stress. 
you know, all the right. things that's going on. Like go, you know, you take a walk, you know, go play some, you know, play basketball, you know, hop on a bus or a train or something like that. And like go on you know, a, a quick vacation with your fiance or you know, visit, visit your friends or your family or something like that. Just do something. So you're not swiping in, in CNN or something. <laughs> do you find yourself actually affected but by the news, it really does kind of, I guess, affect your your outlook. You talking to me? Oh, like I guess both of you, really. You're watching a lot of, I guess, the doom and gloom. Do you do you actually kind of internalize that? Like it affects your your outlook to the world. I think it does. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was gonna say I don't want to speak for John, but I I would say that I had weird phases of how this affected me. You know, I guess since the birth of like the smartphone and all that kind of stuff where like the information that you were like ingesting, you're, you're kind of being bombarded by it from, you know, a thousand different angles, you know, with a thousand different perspectives with, you know, every minute of every day. Mm -hmm. And like there was part of me that was like at first, like, you know, I'm that morbid, curious observer where it's like, oh, I want to see how bad things are just so I know. Like I want to <laughs> I'm curious to see the damage. Right. right? You know, like. You you want to see the the car crash or the dead body that's on the side of the road because oh fuck like I don't I don't see that every day, mm -hmm. but then you, you then you do start to see it every day, and you, for me personally I'm just getting to a point where I'm like all right I get it like shit is fucked like you know war in Europe the environment is a disaster the economy is fucking spinning out of control you know there's like fucking culture wars and you know I I can't even I had to turn off the the Supreme Court Justice uh, Katanji Brown oh, stuff. It was wow. just like getting, it's just getting too depressing for me to like have to watch where we are. You actually brought yourself to, to watch it in the first place. I tried. I tried. I had to turn it off, man. That's, I had to that's walk better away than, because... Uh, that's better than me. <laughs> I'm, I'm at the point where I'm just like frustrated with how stupid and angry mm -hmm. like the planet is. And it's just, it's, it's, I am getting a sense of dread and, and uneasiness um, and stress. Yeah, I mean, you know, there, there. So I'm sure there'll also be some people listening to this or whatever that'll be like, oh well, you know, that's how you know that's how it's always been, right? Like you guys are, right. you know, you're learning, you're learning how you know, real shit is, right? <laughs> you know, it's never not been that way, right? You know, but you know, e even despite that, I'm gonna go to bat for our generation and the younger generations. It's, it's, you know, the the news cycle is a lot longer and it's a lot you know, more emotionally driven, right? I feel you. Know, yeah, like I feel like it does affect you know, your 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 sense of well being, your mental state when you're kind of just immersed in fuck shit, twenty five eight three sixty seven. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, it's it's hard it's hard to see things you know, objectively when everything that you consume isn't. And but and the problem with that is that it's also by design, right? You know, I feel like a lot of these uh, outlets you know, that. You know whether it's you know some kind of you know, news thing or even just like you know, shit that you're like shows or games media whatever right like it's it's the way to and get that engagement the way to get people talking about stuff the way to get people you know interacting with it is kind of to prey on you know, uh things you know, that those base instincts right that you know things that are fear thing or scary. Things that are you know visceral, things that are you know, like that, right? So you know, otherwise you you wouldn't care, right? Like again, you know, 
you're gonna you're gonna interact with yet another article about you know, Will Smith slapping somebody, and then you all right, well, you on to the next thing, right? You know, or you're gonna see you know some uh you know some news about some regular thing, right? Like the stock market, you know, didn't do anything today, right? And you're just gonna you know close out the window. What do you care? The stock market didn't do anything today, right? But that's that article where the stock market plummeted ten thousand points. Oh shit! Like now I'm here. You know, let's read about that, right? Right. The immersion aspect is is something I think I can identify with the Will Smith stuff, right? Like as it happened, oh, like that's super interesting. Three, four hours later, as you're like you know going through the media and everything, six thousand comments, eight thousand comments later, you've you've seen it or you've heard about it from every single possible angle. Every joke that has been made has been made within those three to four hours by like the 20,000 comments and, and people doing it. It's old news by the time like the sun rises. I'm bored of it already. I need more stuff. I need more people to go and slap each other now. <laughs> it's not enough. See, for me, it is enough because I, I turn the page from Chris Rock and it's like, oh, well, you know, glaciers are fucking gone. And then I turn the page from that and it's like, you know, nukes might explode. And then I turn the page from that and it's just something else horrible. And I'm just like, where's our good news? Where's a where's a where's a disease we cured? Where's a where's some good stuff? And and maybe things have always been crazy and that's fine. But I, the, the amount of stuff that you're bombarded with nowadays and how crazy it is, it's just like. It seems like there's nobody left in charge anymore who's actually driving the car. Like everybody's like either doing coke in the back seat or or driving with their feet. <laughs> and and we're just like, okay, it's it's funny, it's it's entertaining, so we'll go along with it. Well, I mean, that isn't that one of the first things uh that we learned um as young adults is that people who we thought were adults are just kind of making it up as they go along. Yeah. That's the first yeah. thing we discovered as adults, right? It was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. But I always somewhere believed along the line that there was someone out there who knew what they were doing, and it's really becoming clear to, to me that there is not. If there was, it would be the secret lizard people that meet every once a year. <laughs> <laughs> the, pizza, the pizza Illuminati or whatever the fuck yeah, is here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Those are the people driving the car. No one knows what's going on, you know? We just trying to uh, to do the best for ourselves for the most part. Yeah, I mean, nobody gets off this planet alive. <laughs> yeah, that's for damn sure. You know, but what what I what I will say is that, you know, I hope that, you know, even while it's you know, uh every man and woman and whatever for themselves, you know, if you're if you're feeling stressed or whatever, you know, you know, hold on hold on to the people that you care about and the people that care about you. You hug each other. Let's let's you know, let's cling together. Let's huddle together. Right, we'll get through you know whatever you know dumb shit that's going on. You know, yeah. If you want to look at good news stories, you can also check out like what people are doing for, I guess, refugees in crisis. Right, people opening up their homes. Like there, there are good things that sure they're brought about by terrible things, but you know, people react at least on an individual level quite nicely. Companies doing donations and and whatnot. You know, you can be a cynic with it, or you can just look at it as, hey, money is money, resources are resources, you know, that people are just giving away. Positivity, That's good advice. positivity yeah. starts with us. It starts with you. you know. It starts at home. Yeah. And, you know, if you're lucky enough to have a garage, you can be like me and just go in and just break shit. <laughs> I have a pretty big mess to clean up. 
I kind of lost it over this weekend. Uh, I just went out there and just started cutting wood and breaking shit. Just that's, building things to break it. That sounds awesome, that's actually. Really fun, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I, like, I need it. I need that out. Like, you know, um, have you guys been to the, um, the thing in the city? Uh, I don't know if they're still doing it, you know, with all the, the COVID shit. But um, basically, you rent out a room. In in that room, there's like a like old TVs and you know dishes, and they give you like a bat or something. And yeah, just, they're like, break rooms. Break shit. rooms. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like basically like that. Just My brother went to one of those. We were, we were talking about that the other day. You know, like he said, those shits are awesome. I want to do yeah, that. Yeah, it sounds like so much. It fun. is. Yeah. It is. Like, have you ever just taken a bat to like big CRT? The feeling is great, and you don't have to clean up. Yeah, we should totally yeah, do that. Maybe we should do that. <laughs> there's some, something similar with guns where, you know, you just go and shoot stuff. But there's something a lot more visceral when you have a tire iron beating a toaster to death. <laughs> Feels good. <laughs> like, that's the kind of recycling I can get behind. Yeah, that's amazing. So that's, it's, that's interesting to me that, like, our, our form of therapy that we would really be most happiest engaging in is just smashing things with baseball bats. Violence is always the answer. Oh, uh, well, that's interesting. You guys had linked a, a slew of articles, um, I guess on a semi-related topic, but it, I, guess, I guess it really concerns the structure of work nowadays uh, for us. And I just, before we dive too deep into it, I wanted to ask you guys each, I guess, really maybe from, from I guess, just before the pandemic started, how much have your work lives changed? And is it a change that you guys are liking, disliking, or has it changed at all? Has it not changed at all? Give me, give me some of your thoughts about what your current work life looks and feels like now as opposed to maybe earlier in your careers. You know, my, you know I actually changed jobs in the, in the teeth of the pandemic, right? And, you know, I had, you know, I had a much slower paced job, right? That wasn't like a fully remote job, you know, before, right? And... You know, when, when we, you know, when everything closed down and, you know, we went remote and so on and so forth, right, the pace of the job became excruciatingly slow. And I started to get kind of stir crazy because I didn't feel like I was doing anything. I didn't feel like I was, I was growing professionally. I didn't feel like I was learning anything. And I no right. longer felt like I was helping anybody, right, which was kind of the, the, the thing that I loved the most about where I used to work, right? You know, which is kind of an odd thing to say, you know, about like, you know, medical work in a, in a pandemic, right? Like ostensibly you would be doing a lot of helping people, but all I felt like I was doing is, you know, uh, tracking people dying, right? So that was, <laughs> yeah, so that, that wasn't great, right? And then, you know, I changed to another job and it was kind of, it's kind of like the opposite of that, right? So, you know, the speed and scale of that job is immense, right? Very fast, very fast paced. And, you know, you know, lots and lots of, you know, crazy high-end technology, but also, you know, there's no, it's very, I feel very like depersonalized, right? You know, because the job is fully remote and the people that I'm working with, you know, I basically, you know, I've never met them. I've never been to my office before, right? I don't know, right. you know, I have no physical connection to anybody, right? I'm, I'm almost like putting numbers into the computer and a paycheck comes out every two weeks, Right. You know, oh so my God, you're living my dream, right? And then, <laughs> and but and then also, you know, because of the speed and scale of it, and because everybody's at home, I feel like there's a lot more, you know, 
you know, work that gets extracted from me and not enough time where you know, there's no separation between you know, being at work and being not at work, right? Like I basically got done with uh, my job and then you know, after I, I went outside for like a couple of minutes to go buy some, like some ice cream and then I set up, I came here. Right. You know, I walked you know, 20 feet to my living room and started recording. Right. So, right. you know, it's it's weird. Right. I I feel like I'm doing more work than I ever than I ever did, uh, even when even though I'm not going anywhere to do it like I used to. Right. There's no separation between church and state. What about you, Mike? The biggest change for me is, you know, basically I can just work at home now. And I do remember feeling like not much of the job has actually changed uh, so much because a lot of it is because a lot of what I do is really just research and and writing and, you know, paperwork, a couple of phone calls here and there. I actually got very resentful that for the past six years, I've been wasting all that time commuting between places two hours one way, like four hours a day. Why did I have to do this? I'm not getting anything out of seeing this person's face. And even though I am a very sociable person and I love people, it just wasn't <laughs> worth it, right? Like, this isn't something... Like, I didn't need this, all, all of this human interaction to, to get my job done. And the amount of work didn't necessarily change all that much, too, because, you know, like, you, know, you have your deadlines and then you just do it. So that didn't really change too much, except that everything got canceled, and I ended up having a lot more time between things to do, you know, to spread out. That was pretty good. And now, like, you know, like, as things are starting to open up again, and I guess things are happening more in person, there's a big draw of, all right, well, now you've got to, you know, maybe show your face every once in a while. Um, people want to see you. Clients want to see you. There's a very large resistance Personally, you know, like on my side, I'm I'm good. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. it. I mean, that's that's got it. So you do do you prefer the way the the way it is now to the way it used to be? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, like, can you imagine just getting four hours of your day back? Sure, sure. Yes, there are certain downsides, right? Like, I I went to the um to the deli the other day. The person was talking to me, and and there's like you know like the usual bullshit small talk that we use to just daily stuff and i found myself completely out of practice it was just almost like speaking like a foreign language i don't like small talk in the in the first place i don't like people <laughs> and now i'm forced to like deal with it again and it's like oh okay so i pay my money and i go why am i still here the guy is still talking it's great that you know, his kid is in college or whatever. Like, but like, like you know, 75% of my mind is already gone and crossing the street. Oh, of course. So it, it, that's the stuff that maybe I should maybe try and get used to. It's, it's, it's maybe like a social skill that I can see the importance of maybe not in that situation, but in other situations. How about you? This has been, it's been pretty weird for me because... I don't know. I mean, I used to have a job where I didn't really have a lot of interaction with people because I would work nights anyway. But um, I did do a long commute, which I'm kind of glad that's over with. But yeah, I mean, I have a job now where I'm working remotely. And I've, I, like John, I've never met 
any of these per- any of these people in person that I'm. <laughs> Did you just say pricks? I like that. <laughs> Wait, what? What I say? Uh, I never met any of these pricks. <laughs> oh no! I, I did I that was a Freudian <laughs> yes. slip because I meant to say people. Oh, I love it. <laughs> well, all right. I, well, I, I never met any that. of these pricks before yeah, in my life. So good. <laughs> but um, and also I, it's kind of funny because like I have a job, but like my job is there is no, there is no physical real place to for me to even go to. Like this job does not actually functionally exist in the real world. It exists in cyberspace. Like there is no office for me to go to. And I don't know, I just, I feel like for for the current job that I'm at right now, like they haven't had a hell of a lot for me to do, but like, you know what? I don't, I, that's not even here nor there because like like some of the articles that you guys had, had posted today, I don't know, I'm just not feeling very passionate or motivated about what I'm doing. It has nothing to do, I'm still in the same field and industry that I've been in for over 15 years, but I don't know, there's just this, something about it just, feels like it's like like an like an echo an after image of having an actual job and i'm not complaining i don't really want to go anywhere but there's something about this that just doesn't feel very real to me do you think that would change if you had a physical location that you had to show up to every i i think it would because and i'm not i'm not advocating for it but i think it would feel at least more real because it's like a, a physical place where you have to go and like you know once you get there, like maybe someone would see you like, you know, throwing pencils up at the ceiling, you know, as opposed to in your house when you're sitting in your pajamas and, you know, you're drinking your cup of coffee and watching YouTube, you know, not to say that you don't do that at work, but like, you know, there's literally no chance of anyone being like, stop goofing off or, you know what I mean? Wow. Like, are you, are, are, are you looking, are you, you're not looking for someone to be like, stop goofing off, are you? No. <laughs> I can't goof off if there's no risk. Yeah, is it? It's a metaphysical question. Am I goofing off? You know, now that I that no one's watching. If a tree falls in the woods, does... this this is this is like that same you know, uh, that argument I used to hear about why people like ah oh, like like I don't smoke weed anymore because like now I don't have to hide. Like it's not like rebellious to do it anymore. So like right. fuck smoking, right? You know, you know, goofing. Like I don't goof off anymore. Like I just do work and I hate it for like 12 hours because no one cares that I'm doing it. Right. Like sex isn't fun. If, unless the husband is going to be home soon. Like <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I don't know. It's just, it just feels like a, like it's not real or something. I just. Yeah. You, you, I don't know. You're, you're in this, you're in a similar boat, right? There's that without that separation of church and state, there's not a, right. a work mode and a not work mode. Right. And that's the other thing, like exactly what you're saying. Like I, I, you know, I did what I had to do yesterday and I wrapped up and then like three hours later, I, you know, cause the, the company I'm working for is based in California. So they're three hours behind me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I get this like text message at eight o'clock, you know, on Slack or whatever. And it's like, oh, could you like prioritize this thing? And it's like, oh, I guess, well, I guess I have to go do that now, even though it's like eight o'clock and I'm like watching a movie, you know, because work is asking you to do something. You just you're on the clock. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how I feel about it. I kind of I kind of like working from home. I I don't I like I like not having to commute. I like money just coming to my house for me sitting at my computer and doing a thing mm-hmm. for a period of time but there's something missing something lost in translation and i'm as a result i'm feeling less passionate about my job i i i like working from home you know i've always liked that you know i've worked other jobs where it was an option you know from time to time 
and the the hope is that you know, when you know, uh, things kind of uh, open up more, you know, that you know, it will remain you know, kind of like an option, right? It'll remain like hybrid, right? Because I think you know, there's so much value in you know, not having to commute so much time and money, save so much free time to like live you live your live your life right like if you're if you got like a kid or if you have like you know your dog or your cat or your family or something like that you can actually be there and be around them right Mm -hmm. you know you and you don't or you don't have to take a day off just to like wait for the the repair guy to come and fix your boiler or something like that right right? so like you can there's so much freedom to do more with your time more optimally and also, like you said, there is something to there is, you know, in theory, a value to you know, being somewhere, right? If for no other reason than the work stays there, and when you leave, it doesn't come with you. Well, yes. Yeah, so for that, and I would uh, the only last thing I want to say is I, I also feel for some reason a little bit more expendable. I'm like, this company found me like a bug under a you know a, like a cookie jar or something. And I just feel like because I have no real personal relationship with any of these people, because I don't really know them in real life or really have seen them in real life, that like, you know, they could like basically just fire me tomorrow and like barely send me like and send me a memo or send me a text message. I mean, I guess you that could happen at any job. Right. But I just I don't feel that kind of connection where like, oh, you know, your boss or, you know, your coworkers or, you know, what the buzz around the office is or like, you know, this or that, you know, it's just like I'm at home. And sometimes there is work to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's an interesting so, point. It's weird. Maybe with office politics, uh, you know, you can kind of maybe play the game. There's no game to be right. played when you're stuck. There's in no that. game to play yeah. here. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's that's something I haven't thought about at all. There's no Game of Thrones. There's no throne. <laughs> and if there is, I'm just completely unaware of it. Maybe there is. Like maybe there are people who who do give a shit and spend like time on the company forums and talk to people and try to make those relationships. But I'm not doing that because those people are in California and I don't give a fuck. Well I guess so much so, so much of upward mobility is tied to networking and, and connections. That's what I'm saying. Yeah that's yeah like I don't feel right. like I have a future at my job. I I just feel like this is gonna be a thing until it's not a thing anymore. And that's a relatively new way for me to be for me to be feeling about my occupation. I don't feel like there's ever going to be some avenue for me to get like promoted or, you know, get to know what somebody else does and learn their skill. And like, there's none of that. So it's a little weird, but that's actually pretty important. You know, if you don't, if you don't feel you're going to have upward mobility, you know, that takes a lot of incentive out of doing stuff, which actually, you know, might be somewhat related to uh, your stated lack of passion or something. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I feel like I'm in kind of a weird limbo place. I mean, just, just because of like things in general with like, you know, everything's kind of crazy and like, you know, people are working remotely right now and pandemic this and that. And, but like, it's just, I feel like I'm in this weird kind of limbo place where I wouldn't even know where to begin how to forge relationships like over zoom. Like I wouldn't even know where to start. It's like, that's not, it's, it's not the kind of connection and interpersonal relation that I'm accustomed or to, or excel at okay yeah i mean i mean that kind of brings us to you know some of the articles that you guys had linked today i mean i see one that was posted uh 
uh, from the BBC about, you know, quote-unquote coasting workers who have just checked out of their jobs. I mean, this this article goes on to describe the daily routine of, you know, what's up, what arguably, I, I, I'm, I'm guilty of this, where, like, you know, uh, I get up, I shower, I have my cup of coffee, in theory, on the company's dime. You know, I, I'm not really paid per hour. I'm really, I'm paid per what I, like, per unit of whatever the fuck I'm doing. So I don't really know if there is such a thing as being like on company time or not on company time, you know, in the same sense. As essentially, when you're on company time, you're you're doing stuff for them. So, yeah, you're you're one hundred percent efficient in theory. Yeah, in theory, right? <laughs> in theory, I mean that we could get into that, but you know, <laughs> looking looking at like the the description from this article, like you know, this guy's like playing fetch with his dog and like you know taking shits and hanging out and watching YouTube and like, you know, and unashamedly do it. You know what I mean? He does not care that this is, you know, on on company time, so to speak. So is that something you guys also experience or is that something you think is wrong or do you think it's right? Do you, do we think that, do you think that the the pandemic and, and the way work changed during the pandemic kind of illuminated about like how much fluff and bullshit is involved in the day to days of a regular nine to five job anyway? Um, the best kind of shits are on company time. (laughs) I mean, of course, of absolutely. For, for me, you know, the, the idea of, you know, jobs being, you know, bullshit, you know, is, you know, not like a new concept or whatever, right? You know, people have been, you know, trolling about like the bullshit of uh, office work and, and stuff like that in general since like the 80s and 90s. Like we all, we remember the Simpsons episode where, you know, Homer uh, sets up the, the drinking bird to hit the any key. You hit the Y, you hit Y in the computer and do a full day's work for doing nothing, right? So also, you know, this article, you know, that you linked, Peter, you know, from the BBC, right? Like, it, you know, there's a book that's linked, that's referenced in there, you know, Bullshit Jobs by, you know, uh, economist and commentator uh, David Graeber, right? Like, it talks about, you know, uh, exactly that phenomenon, right? Like, you know, all, you know, basically the, 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 the Ponzi scheme that is, you know, uh, modern day labor right you know is is all you know made up stuff right you know you you send in emails around you you know sending spreadsheets back and forth you know sending files you know, to and from a place right you know whether that's you know something that you made or something that you recorded or something that you marked up or something that you typed up or the the financialization of everything you know, kinds of leads to, you know, everything being like this weird ephemeral, you know, uh, non-tangible thing, right? Like we're not building like, you know, a house for right. our job. Right. Right. We're, we're building ones and zeros. Right. And yeah, you're copy and pasting right. into a, and, a and what you're making is, you know, uh, you know, virtual money, right? You're making, you're making like a balance go up or down somewhere in some, you know, in your bank or in somebody else's bank or something like that. Right. So, yeah, like I, you know, I definitely, you know, it's definitely not new. And as far as wrong or not wrong, like it's, I don't think it's, I don't think it's wrong at all, right? Like, you know, and not like I don't think the pandemic, you know, really, you know, uh, did anything to it. You know, what I think it did is that it made it more uh, easy to access for you know, people who are doing this kind of work to begin with, right? Because you used to bullshit like you know, in the office, right? You used to play solitaire in 
in the office or you know right you snood. right candy crush right snood right, right. you you hang out by the water cooler and talk about you know your fantasy football team right you you take extra long to make that coffee you take an extra 10 minutes on your lunch break you etc 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 right you know, go to the jerk pod like exactly right you know, and and now you know, you're kind of, you're not even under surveillance you know, in your in your cube in your office you know, or whatever it is so you know, why not do more of that right and the other thing that this article points out right is that there are a lot of people who are not just doing that because you know it's easier to do but also doing that kind of like as a get back you know, to the employer, right? Right. So like, right. You know, maybe the employer is kind of you, you. Know, it's been soaking you for more work, you know, since you've been stuck at home, right? They know that you're going to be there, so they're pinging you relentlessly, right? And you're not getting a raise, you're not getting you know, that attention that you used to get. There's no more, like you mentioned, uh, you. Know, I guess uh, ways to move up the corporate ladder. So you, know, why not coast, right? You know why not disengage from, from the the hustle and bustle, right? And just you know, kind of you know, set up your PlayStation and you know what I'm saying like why not right. do that? I I don't know. There's there's nothing wrong with coasting. Good enough is is good enough. And if it isn't good enough, I'm sure they'll let you know. I don't know why you would have to feel personally bad about it. You know, like how like how many people are really truly needed? Point is probably not a lot. Companies have been showing people that they are completely replaceable for the most part. Since the dawn of time, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I'm all for people getting back at, 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 the, at their employers. I mean, I think that for too long, people were asked to do way too much for a lot of, you know, jobs. And I just feel kind of, there may be an imbalance for someone like, you know, me and John, who, or me and you, or whatever, uh, who, are, who are, do have, who do have the luxury of working from home and like say someone like a fucking janitor where their, their job is going to be difficult every day or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. This thing about what you were talking about earlier about being passionate about, about what you do or having that interest to drive you forward, that I, I think that's pretty rare in the general, in the general sense of things. People generally probably just do it because they need to. I don't know who's passionate about Excel macros. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, I know that when I was in school, whatever, <laughs> you were dreaming about like making games or whatever it is that we used to do, but you know, doodling our notebooks back in the day, right? I know I wasn't sitting there like I can't wait to write some Visual Basic script, right? <laughs> can't I cannot wait to automate these spreadsheets, man? Yeah, I mean, it goes back to that old. Yeah, it go, it goes back to that old. Uh, what is it? I. I work to live, I don't live to work mm-hmm. kind of philosophy and mentality, which I'm all for. I'm all for that. And I'm all for, honestly, I'm, I'm all for people getting the opportunity to make money from home and have a little bit more work-life balance. I, I think that's a really good I mean, thing. that's such a luxury, though, to have that idea. What John just said about when you were a kid, like, what did you really think? Like, are you where you thought you would be? I'm adjacent to it. I'm adjacent to it, I would say. So then, honestly. you know, in fact, you're probably actually one of the, one of the luckier ones in, in, in that sense. What sucks for me is like, you know, I, I guess I kind of met my heroes early. So I got to do the things that I was really excited about doing fairly early in my career. And now it's like, you know, it's like a relationship. It's like an abusive relationship that's gone on too long. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, 
you know, or whatever the case may be. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to meet my heroes anymore. My heroes, I met them and they sucked. You know, I also, you know, kind of, uh, in, in my early going or whatever, kind of got to do, you know, stuff that I wanted to do as far as working, though I didn't get too far, right? Like I got into, you know, the game industry in a couple of ways, you know, like, you know, dabbled in game journalism did a lot of you know worked in you know game dev doing you know, qa and stuff like that you know so i got to see how the sausage was made and you know for a little bit as a result of that i kind of hated that sausage right i like hated games for a little bit <laughs> because you know a lot of the the stuff in games you know is is business right you know and the the business acts of almost everything kind of takes away you know the the whimsy and magic of the shit that you love, right? Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Exactly. You know, it, and it sucks yeah. because you know, despite that, you know, you still always feel like, all right, like, you know, I gotta keep making moves, I gotta like hustle, and I gotta keep going hard to like get you know further and further, you know, in in my career, or further and further in you know that you know that field that you love, right? And then you know, you you get to that point where you can't make moves anymore, right? And you get discouraged, or if you if you're us or many people in you know, as a, f- a function of this pandemic, right? Like maybe you know that that industry or that company or whatever just straight up doesn't exist. That job doesn't exist anymore, right? So you've been spending all this time chasing, and there's nothing to chase anymore. So what do you do? Yeah, you get a job you don't give a shit about. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do. Yeah. And uh, according to John's article that he linked, that's okay. And we have to, yeah, right. I'm not saying that that's we bad. have to yeah. learn to live with it. I still haven't come to terms with it. Like I don't want to be doing what I'm doing. I never did. You know, I want to do other things. But you got to just accept it and move on. And I guess that brings us to why we do things like this podcast, right? You know, the the, the one for the for the experience of doing something together and something that we normally wouldn't do, and you know, trying to hone our skills in terms of making content and things like that. With the with the off off chance that someday maybe we could get paid to do something like this, but um, you know, I guess this our current jobs enable us to pursue our passions, which is some of this stuff. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, it's all means to an end. Yeah, that's that, and that's the that's the balance, right? You you don't have you even though this article from Vice that I I I linked right it was basically like you know I'm I'm stopping chasing after my dreams or whatever, right? You don't you. Know, that's kind of like a, a misnomer. Like that's not like exactly accurate, right? Like you you can stop. You know you don't you don't have to stop chasing after all of your dreams, right? right? You stop considering your career your dream, right. though. You know maybe maybe you change what your dreams are, right? Maybe you change what your focus is in the dreams, right? Like maybe now you know I'm probably not going to get in the NBA or something like that, right? <laughs> you know I probably I probably won't start for the Knicks, right? You know, but maybe well, I mean, give it time. What? <laughs> <laughs> You'll make it. <laughs> you know, but like, you know, maybe I can maybe I I could still work for them, right? I could still work for the NBA, right? And maybe or maybe I can't work for maybe I'll I'll be you know, I'm spending too much time, you know, on that corporate ladder trying to get into the NBA, right? You know, maybe instead, you know, at least I can, you know, you uh, write a blog on basketball or something like that. Do a podcast with my friends about basketball. Like, there's other there's other outlets for reaching. Oh, that's your interesting dreams. how how your approach to it 
differs from mine. Like, you know, you're like, okay, I, if I can't participate in the role I want to, perhaps I can still find some space on the outside and still be exposed to it. Whereas my approach was always, okay, I, I can't do the role I want. I'm going to pre pretend this entire thing never existed in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to push it so far down into my stomach that, you know, it comes out two months out of the year for me to deal with. I think I like your approach better. It's probably better mentally. Well, you know, hey, you know, it remains to be seen, right? Like maybe, you know, I'll, you know, I'll be doing this long enough and then I'll just go and, you know, shoot up a golf course or something like that. Yeah, join yeah. join yeah. the dark side. Come. Mike's Mike's solution, he gets to smash TVs. So are you is is yours really better? <laughs> I mean, come on. There's room over here. Join me in uh, in in the despair of failing to live up to your potential. I'm just looking at. I'm just reminded of that. What's that Futurama poster with the guy in the hard hat yes. with the shitty thumbs oh, up? Oh, you gotta do you what gotta you gotta do. do. What you gotta do. Yo, like when I I I worked at a law firm like years ago, right? And like I hated that job. You know, so 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 much, right? It was like a soul destroying job, right? And when I when I finally got another job, and I was and I left that job, I literally printed that picture and left it in my queue. <laughs> like that was Good yeah you, like man. that that was my little uh taste of rebellion or whatever on the way out the door i i feel i feel that meme like in my soul that's like exactly you know what work feels like these days that's where i'm at and i mean and that's i guess it's okay if you have other things in your life where you're getting happiness and enjoyment out of that you know i don't mind it being a means to an end but like for so long a lot of my identity and a lot of my thought process was like oh you know you gotta you know reach for something that you love and then what happens when you fall out of love with it you know yeah that's terrible advice that's terrible you should never put all your eggs in that one like all those things were like oh uh what is it if, if you love what you do you never work a day in your life or something like that uh that's so dangerous yeah that shit's clown shoes man <laughs> it seems like loving your job is just a thing of the past these days but you know, there's other avenues for us to explore. Mike, you had linked an article this week about learning history through video games. And one company that has been making games for, for kids to learn history. I was going through uh, some articles. Uh, this one's from The Atlantic, where kids are learning history from video games. And... Is it accurate? Well, that's, that's the thing. Um... <laughs> You know, depending on what you play, right? Like, uh, uh, Universal Alice is pretty, pretty historically accurate. Think of it like a, uh, like a realistic civilization. You play as a country and you try to navigate the politics and history as it has occurred. But maybe something you do can change what happens. You try to build your empire. That's the goal of it. But along the way, you know, you'll, you'll run into real historical events that have happened. And apparently, people uh, are learning history through these video games. I myself has, have learned some very basic, I guess, rocketry uh, off of the Kerbal Space Program. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You showed me that game. And in that game, your, your goal is to build rockets to go into space and achieve orbit and all of that stuff. So you're learning the very basics of what it takes to launch a rocket, the, the angle that you leave uh, Earth to achieve orbit, what is a geosynchronous orbit, and all of that stuff. So there is some room for education that occurs. 
like I don't know how valuable like this stuff is, right? In 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 the long term, or or is this just games trying to find some kind of like a more prominent role in our lives? Like, is is this something where the education aspect maybe outweighs the waste of time aspect that uh, I'm sure a lot of people think about when it comes to video games? Yeah, it's, that's so interesting to me because I feel like this could go like one of two ways. You know, on the one hand, I, I'm just, again, reminded by the, like the Simpsons calling it where, you know, they're in, they're in school in the future and like they have their VR headsets and Lisa's talking to Genghis Khan about <laughs> they'll, they'll go where I go, eat who I eat, you know, and mm-hmm. shit like that. It's fascinating to me. I would, I would love to see some like, you know, choose your own adventure, World War II, but like, you know, the... I think there's utility if you're actually going to to teach some history. Where I get scared is that this is going to be just become, you know, another avenue of just entertainment and, you know, so much like media today in other forms, like the loudest voice gets to just say what the truth is, you know. So will this be a a slope of rewriting history through a new form of media? I don't know. It sounds like it could be. But I think there's there's a lot of potential here to actually do some good. I'm kind of uh, for this new, perhaps historically accurate Mario, you know, where he just <laughs> jumps on Hitler's head and, you know, he poofs. That would be amazing. Th- that, is, that is how that uh, was discussed in AP History, if I recall correctly, right? <laughs> AP World. <laughs> oh, yes. That's Miss Doherty. That speech that Winston Churchill gave about getting the fire flower, you know? <laughs> it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. We shall fight them in the Cooper Castle. We shall fight them on Rainbow Road. We shall triumph over the forces of Ganon and save the floating islands by obtaining the seven Gales Emerald. Never give up. Never what do you think, John? I mean, you're a gamer and you're, you know, you're one of the smartest people I know. Do you, what, how do you feel about this being, this uh, medium being used to teach history? And if so, how, and where do you think the accuracy of it is going to well, go? Well, you know, games being used as a, a educational tool has been a thing for a long time. And I always, like, personally, I love that shit. If for no other reason than, you know, kind of headed off, you know, like you're, you know, bum-ass parents at the past, right? Like, back in the day, you used to be like, oh, like, video <laughs> games are rotting your brain. They're not teaching you shit. Well, sorry, mom and dad. Like, actually, you can learn a fuckload from video <laughs> games, all right? You know, so, like, I, I love I love that as technology has progressed and as, you know, the ability to simulate things or to render things has become more robust, we can do even more, right? Like, so a game could be both like a, a simulator and a museum almost right like you can you can right. experience yeah. you know the totally. those those historical scenarios you know in you know, in you know crazy 3D or in virtual reality or something like that so like i'm i'm all about that right as far as historical accuracy right i'm of two minds right historical accuracy is very important and good right but i also love the idea of being able to play with scenarios and also play with the kinds of you know things and places and people that were involved in it, right? So you can maybe simulate right. what would happen if, right? Or you can see, right. you know, like, what about this story that might have been undertold, right? Like, I would love to play a game of, you know, in World War II, right? But, like, maybe you get to, you know, talk about, like, the Tuskegee Airmen or some shit like that, right? 
or maybe you play a game you know, in in Europe somewhere, right? But like maybe we get to see some you know, I don't know, right? Uh you know, maybe you get to simulate what happens you know, if uh uh communism succeeds, right? You know, right? Like shit like that, right? You know, sometimes you know there's a lot of you know stuff with when I hear like historical accuracy in like a gaming sense, right? I always kind of, you know, like kind of purse my lips and I think about like, you know, loser ass comments in like Steam uh forums or you know, in some like subreddit somewhere where, you know, some some sweaty ass neckbeard is sitting there like, oh, you know, like they put like women in this first person shooter or like they had like, you know, uh, uh, a black dude in 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 Italy or something like that. And like there were no blacks, so like this game is like the worst game ever. You know, one star, right? So like that that's the only place where I take pause when I when I hear about like you know, dedic like absolute slavish dedication to historical accuracy, and because it's a fucking game, right? A game, a right. game should be at the whims of its creators and its players, right? Whatever we want to be in there should be in there. However, in you know, for historical and educational purposes, if that's strictly what it's for, and we're not doing anything else with that, then yes. You know, I'm not only am I in support of that, do that shit. Like, that would be great. I think there's a I think there's a perfect medium that you could have somewhere in here in theory where it's like, you know, you've got your World War Two simulator. And if you, you know, to get the good ending, maybe you do play it like or maybe the choices you make are the historically accurate choices. And, you know, maybe there's some wonky endings where like you nuke Germany, but then, you know, Russia takes over the world or something yeah, like it. It would you know? it, these things would be interesting to to see in in a game, and it'd be interesting to model them. And I would I would like to see that kind of thing, right? Like the like this article that you linked, Mike. Like they're using this in like Cornell, right? You know, so you know, and like University of North Carolina, and like you know, these these big universities and stuff like that, right? So I I would have loved to have gone to college and like been sitting in my. Uh, history classes or my econ classes or something like that and been playing something like this and modeling shit. I hope that this kind of gets fleshed out and they do more of this. I love that idea. I think there are definite um, benefits to to learning from from games. I don't know about you guys, but I played a lot of Math Blaster <laughs> uh, as a kid, um, and that actually okay. did help my math. I had a game kind of like that for spelling. I actually had a lot yep. of resentment for those because I never got to play them in school. Like I remember I used to come in to to our school, like our junior high school or whatever, and like they would have like those math blasters and algebra blaster and stuff like that on the computers and I never got to take my turn you know, I never got to take my turn to play. <laughs> Everybody would always hog the computer. So like you know, somewhere out there if you any any of my classmates are listening, fuck all y'all if you didn't let me sign in on the computer and play. Fuck all you. I never really loved. I never got my chance to love Algebra Blaster. Goddammit, because I didn't get to play. But yeah, I think it's a. I think it's a really interesting avenue, and honestly, one that I think really needs to to evolve with the with with the technology that we have. I mean, I feel like more and more technology is going to be used in schools. Might as well put it to work. All right. Well, that's how we're feeling, ladies and gentlemen. But we we would love to know how you're feeling. We love hearing from our listeners, so if you get a chance, once again, send us an email at redchannelcondition at gmail.com. Thanks very much for listening. Take it easy, guys. Shout Shout out to the listeners.